All right, everybody. Here we are. It's the 1980s movie Graveyard. This is Corey G. I'm actually opening the show today. I'm here with, as always, Goat. That's right. I didn't fly the coop just yet. It, you know, everybody knows I am a Steven Seagal. Well, both of us. Oh, Steven huge. Seagal fanatics. I at one time recorded a 24-hour podcast on Steven Seagal. Yes, you did. Uh, it never aired. If anyone wants to hear it, let me know. Maybe we can put it up. <laughs> maybe, we can have... sell, maybe we can sell you a box out of it. Yeah, oh, shit. It, it actually clocks 18 hours. To be oh, God. And I've listened to the whole thing in order. It's pretty good. And this was meant to air on Christmas Day as well. Yeah, I was going to air on Christmas Day. Um, you know, he, he only made one movie in the 80s, and that yeah. was uh, Above the Law, where... Everywhere else in the world, it was called Nico. Yeah, which I don't get. <laughs> you were going to sell the franchise on a character's name. <laughs> Nico. Nico. Even if you listen to the like our trailer, it's like, Nico Toscani. He's a covert agent. Where in, in the international trailer, they just go, Nico. He's Nico. a covert agent. Then it like waits a minute. Nico. Nico. He's a cop. It's really horrible. Um, Nico. He's the man you want to be. Nico, he's the man your wife wants to sleep with. <laughs> yeah, I would when they said that. I'd cut to that one guy. You never gonna be the man, Nico. You never gonna be the man. Remember, so, remember that CIA bartender, that little rat face motherfucker. Remember we we looked him up that time. It turned out he wasn't even an actor. He was like a jazz musician from Chicago. <laughs> what? And anyone that listened to the very popular show he did, Pope of Greenwich Village, yeah. we constantly talk about that guy. Yeah, I know. We've actually talked about him a lot. You're going to find out why. Um, this is the movie CI Bartender's In. Yeah. It's the only cigar commentary you're going to get in the 80s graveyard. It's the only 80s movie he made. He did, yeah. And we had, we used to work for a website. We didn't right. get paid. Loose, by, we're using the term work loosely. Yeah, we got fucked royally. But um, we recorded an Above the Law commentary. Um for that for a sh- for a show that doesn't exist anymore show that doesn't exist show that never got advertised um, right but it, i mean this i just i re-listened to it uh you know to make sure it wasn't bad and it's really really good but so we are but, but to be fair a little bit of background about that show is that show in in a weird way is it really was the prototype for this show it was like the early version of this show really it was it was an early version the the graphics we had for it were really good. Yeah. And it was actually it, the site that it was on did not promote it like they should have, but it, it became really an underground success. It really did. It, it did good for a little while. And isn't it kind of funny though? <laughs> In all honesty, Corey, once we went independent, we got more successful. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and you know, we kept the formula. Um, a lot of action, you know, it was, it was primarily based on action shows and uh, Action shows, um, a lot of our listeners out there really do love the action. Yeah, they do. Which is why we wanted to, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe we could have done, like, 
redone this episode or whatever, but I kind of feel like the second time you do something, it's not going to have the same energy or whatever. And no, this this is really good. I mean, this has us doing Italian accents and everything in it. <laughs> yeah. And plus, the shows, you know, even even if you wanted to go search for the show that this was done for, it's not available yet. All the archives have been taken down, so it's kind of like a re-release. We, you know, we just don't want this show to go to waste, so to speak. And plus, and on top of it, we have such a bigger audience now than we did back then that more people are going to hear it now than they did the first time we released it. Really. Plus, now that we're recording this new intro, the more I think about it, this is actually like the 4K uh, Blu-ray edition as to where the other one was just a simple crapper flapper DVD set. (laughs) Exactly. You're getting the special edition in full 2180p. That's right, baby. You're going to see Thagal uncle a lot of people, baby. Oh, He's going to uncle the shit out of that CIA birther to the point that he's going to say, don't do me dirty now. (laughs) Don't do me ugly. Don't do me ugly. Your mother's a whore. What? Don't do me ugly. He comes back toward the end of the movie again, too, all mobbed up. (laughs) See, I told you. He ain't never going to be to me. (laughs) So I guess with that, we're going to... We're going to take a trip back and we're going to listen to Above the Law. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Certificates are available at the box office. Thanks for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. With that, fans, let's get it where we at here. We're on the Warner Brothers screen. We're at the 11 second mark. We got a pause on the Warner Brothers screen. It says Warner Brothers Pictures. And I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say go, you're going to hit play. So we'll all be synced up exactly. All right, everybody, you ready? One, two, three, go. Well, even look at how beautiful those clouds are. I know, even the even the clouds on the logo and shit. Brothers Presents. That's right. This movie, you know, I mean, this movie, we, we almost didn't even need to actually play the film to do a play-by-play commentary because I'm sure you're like me, Corey. You watch this film every week. Ten times a week. The actual, all these pictures, those are Steven Seagal's childhood pictures. Yes, they are. They The very first thing, and it's funny, you know, to start in his film career, he shows a, a picture of when he was a baby and he looked like a Mr. Potato Head doll as a baby. But he, <laughs> he didn't did. care. He didn't care. He just showed it. Yeah. He Look at, he's showing himself there get flipped around by an old Chinese man. A 82-pound Chinese man. Now, oh, now we're getting into the real shit. We're getting into, uh, you know, his Japanese background, which is much disputed. People say, we don't believe it. We don't believe Seagal went to Japan at 17 and learned Aikido and started. But, but motherfucker, these are true pictures. This ain't like now when they need to show somebody's past picture, they show like, uh, you know, some Photoshop thing. These are real, true photograph pictures. And, and no one has disputed. He's American mm-hmm. and he owned and operated dojo in Japan. Exactly. That's a big deal. Exactly. Sharon Stone name. There's Sharon Stone. Very frumpy in this movie when we see Yeah, it. she did. I was surprised, man, because, like, 
I was like, oh man, you know, Sharon Stone, Pam Greer, a couple hotties in this one. Pam Greer is the only good looking woman in this entire movie. <laughs> this, well, I would still bang Sharon Stone. Yeah, but she just looks like somebody's wife. She don't. She don't. It's funny because this is only like two, maybe three years before Basic Instinct, but she don't look like Basic Instinct Sharon Stone at all. Looked hot as hell in Total Recall. Yeah. Here we're seeing Seagal. He's teaching at keto. Yeah. And he's actually talking in Japanese, so all you people out there don't believe Seagal's stories about, you know, being a master and all this. Not only can you see him fight, you can see him speak Japanese. And I, lo- I love... There you go. Well, grunt, fighter groans, everything. Everything. Speaking they're showing all, the, showing all your basic moves, doing the close lines, the leg locks. There's the big, another a lot of flips in the keto. Yeah. And I love this opening part when they're shown on the photos. He talks about how he grew up patriotic. And what's one of the first things he says? At the age of 22, I went to a birthday party at a hotel and I was recruited into the CIA. I know you gotta wonder what the fuck kind of bird. Well, then again, he also said he went to a baseball game and saw an Aikido demonstration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Motherfucker, I don't like baseball, but I'm into some baseball games. They never had a martial art exhibition before at a baseball game. Here he is. He's doing the, vo- the voiceover. He said, he said, I went to an embassy party. Uh, I met a crazy drunk guy named Nelson Fox. He recruited me in the CIA. I was 22 at the time. He's just laying it out there, man. I mean, that's ballsy. We're, we're what, three minutes into Steven Seagal's film career, and he's revealing his true... Because this being his first movie, this is an autobiographical movie. Now he's deep into shit here in Nam. Mm-hmm. Using some stock footage here. Yeah. And they ain't got to go to riot police and take down some of these hippies. Yeah. Damn beatniks. Well, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. Some of this footage is in Vietnam. Some of it's just hippies in America getting beat up. Oh, man. They should have shown that, him beating up some hippies. Yeah, just like CGI'd him into the crowd. Yeah. Like, we even get some true footage of uh, uh, Nixon here doing a speech. Yeah. Richard Nixon, great president. Oh, yeah. That's my, my opinion. I haven't seen the um, Oliver Stone film about him yet. I saw the one movie called Dick with Dan Hedaya. That's a <laughs> I saw movie. that too. I saw that at the <laughs> Dollar Theater. <laughs> That's a good show. It actually is good. Wh- wh- who was the girls? Michelle Williams and who was the other one in it? Oh, oh Kirsten God. Dunst. That's who. Kirsten was. Dunst. That's right. Yeah. So now we're in 1973 here. He's into Cambodia. Keeping the shit, fans. Yeah. He should have been in Platoon. Look at him rocking that gun. I know. What's his name? Tom Bear drink got shit on the gal. Sheila. Old Charlie Sheen in this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like how Seagal's non-buddy, the, the guy right here recruiting him into the CIA, he's in there in the shit. This guy is clearly in his early 60s. Oh, yeah. And, he, and, and one thing I got to say is, in the 20 years that have taken place between there, here and now in the movie, these men ate Chinese herbs, I'm telling you. I know. The only the only difference is they uh, in modern day in 1988 compared to this 1973 footage, you can tell here they was really spray you know Ron Popeil spray painting the top of uh, Seagal's head because you can't see no thin spots here. And then as soon as it goes to 88, man, like like he's he's got all kinds of shit poking out. He's wearing the Jonah Hill teeth there, his buddy, like <laughs> yes, Wolf but, of Wall Street. Yes, buddy. <laughs> I tell you, Wolf of Wall Street, a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I, 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 I don't know why they put a scene in it where, for no reason, Jonah Hill just demonstrates that he could 
you know, uh, slice a boardroom table in half with his teeth. I didn't really understand. <laughs> I want to see that movie. Johnny, you, I'm telling you, wait for video on that one, just because. Oh, yeah, I'm going to. Just because that movie is three hours long, which actually is fine. It actually seems like quicker. It seems like about two hours, fifteen minutes. I'll give it credit. It's not that it drags, but it don't really go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's now they got some some Asian guy here, some Vietnam guy. They can try to get some information from it. Why? Just wear scarves. Yeah, no, so Gal comes in with a scarf. And they're in a hot-ass jungle. What do you want a scarf for? Yeah, I don't get it. He's he, he's had other movies. He, even in, if you look at pictures of the Gal scarf, this man, not only is he boyishly handsome, but he is impeccably dressed. <laughs> that's right. Just read his eye, because that's what it'll tell you. <laughs> yep, written by Anonymous, a.k.a. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. Just... And, and here's a funny scene because this is basically and like you know going back and looking at this, I gotta say that I think uh, the Hugh Jackman film X Men Origins Wolverines copied a lot from this film because oh. they both start out in Vietnam with uh, the hero realizing his boss is corrupt. You wonder what gave him the tip off that he's beating an innocent guy with a knife to him, getting him ready to dope him up with sodium pentothal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Henry De Silva? Is that his name? Yeah. He, he's the main bad guy, the head of the CIA here. And what what he does, he does this at least like seven to eight more times throughout this film. <laughs> he's, he has that go-to move. <laughs> yeah, he gets people tied up and then he shoots them full of needles of sodium pentothal to get them to tell the truth. Which, you know, and like that's like, okay, whatever, you get somebody a shot, they're going to tell you some secrets. I don't seem that bad. But the problem is, is he kidnaps innocent people. Yeah. <laughs> and when they don't, they don't, they don't have the answers for the what he's looking for. He just kills them. Yeah, you, you think you would at least scout out the people you're going to interview more. Yeah. And this is a no-no here. The way he, because Seagal's telling him, "Hey, man, this guy don't know shit. Stop, stop torturing." And he starts waving a knife in Seagal's face. That was a dumb move. Yeah, because Seagal just lays a platoon there until his friend tells him, you know, go cool out. Yeah. And this, this is if I don't clip him now, he's gonna come back and get me. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is a historic moment right here. This is the first time we saw Seagal, and this is, is a real brief. He just beats up two guys real quick, but first time we really seen Seagal kick ass in a film. Yeah, and and the thing is too, because you know there've been hundreds of thousands of karate movies before this. You've never seen a keto, at least to my knowledge. This is the first time I've ever seen a keto, you know, in a big movie. Yeah, and it's pretty impressive because it's 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 not like you know, like showy. It's just very direct and to the point. Yeah, he's running, he's going back into the jungle. He's out because mm. apparently he got an honorable discharge or something. Because I didn't know in the army you could just go, "I'm out," and then leave. <laughs> well, not only did he leave, it looked like he walked into like some lightning storm. Did you see? Yeah. That? <laughs> he... Is that's where he got the idea for lightning bolt energy drink? <laughs> oh, that could that could be with it. And here we see Seagal. You can see in the Blu-ray, his hair. Yeah, his hair, which he still has. A, by the way, this is the only film where you can see Seagal's real hair. Uh, even by the second one, he, um, he had some stuff. Come on, we've covered this. It's Chinese, Chinese herbs. herbs. Well, apparently he did not discover the Chinese herbs yet at this point. But, uh, yeah, they're at the... What would you call this, Corey? A christening? Is that what this is? A uh, baptism. A baptism of a baby. 
And uh, Seagal stayed. Does that baby not look like him or Sharon Stone? <laughs> really? Because when I was watching this the other day, I was like, damn, that baby looks just like Seagal. It's even got his oh, skin I... color. Oh, see, I think it looks like a little uh, uh, half black baby. Sharon Stone's a does. <laughs> well, the reason it looks half black is because probably the mom is Pam Greer. That's see now. I've always suspected that th- this was a cut scene. Is that him and Pam? Because if you look, he's always talking to Pam Greer. He's it's not flirting. interested in Sharon yeah. Stone. Yeah. yeah. All Sharon Stone does is uh, nag him and shit. Pretty much. But yeah, here you can see Seagal's true hair. He still has a lot of hair, but it, you know the I don't know what do you call it the the points, the side, the temples. They're starting to get a little thin there. But uh, with his next film, he came back with a very strong V pattern of hair. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. That would remain for the next forty years. Let's see. He's at the party here, and this is where, if you in the trailer, it tells you he's got all his cop buddies there, but he's also got relatives that are in the mob. Exactly. Nico Toscani has a what do they say is a world record for being a cop with the most family yeah. members in the mob. Yeah, well, that was the trailer. He's got a black belt in Aikido. Which is and fun- family in the mob. <laughs> Which is funny because when you watch this, like like uh, you see this one side of guys making fun of the other, but like you don't even know who's a cop and who's the gangster at this point. No, they all look the same. They're, they're all dressed these- the same, yeah. Yeah, they're all wearing these suits from the men's warehouse. Yeah. That's the one part which I'll mention when we get a little later in the movie, but here's where Seagal going to speak some Italian. Yeah. I always thought that it was weird, that shaky little shot of them kids playing. Like, I want to know why he changed clothes. He's there in a suit now once he's in jeans and a black, te- or a black button-up shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think he changed his clothes while he's walking up the steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nico. It's some mozzarella portobello, Grandma. <laughs> He just reads the ingredients and descriptions off the side of ragu bottles. <laughs> that accent is so bad. He's like, I'm going to get a, a tutti frutti. <laughs> and we got we to gotta say, uh, this movie comes from a very uh, successful director, too. Andrew, Andrew Davis. Davis, yes. Yeah, that's right. Andrew Davis... You know, he started out with some with some films in the the late seventies. He uh, directed some movies like Final Terror. He he got ready for Seagal by uh, directing that Pussy Chuck Norris <laughs> in Code of Silence in nineteen eighty five, and then his which next... also had Henry Silva. Oh, did it? Yes. There you go. Henry Silva's on the Davis train. In eighty eight, he he got back. You know, he he discovered slow hand had slow hand forced upon him by the cia and was forced to make this movie later on he would go and make movies like the package which is uh i believe it's the film yeah with uh tommy lee jones gene hackman and then he did under siege where he brought tommy lee jones back and these are all good hits but then he really went like huge with the fugitive starring harrison ford and that's where he did And and tommy lee jones Oh, yeah, that's right. Every outhouse, bathhouse, birdhouse, I want it covered. And then here's, I, a, here's a guy I hate real quick more than anybody in this movie, the bartender. Oh, yeah, this guy is such a Weasley rat face motherfucker. Like, where do they find this guy? And all he keeps going, he never going to be the man. You <laughs> see that? He never going to be the man. <laughs> that's all he's saying. And you see him like eight or nine times. You see him throughout the film. I know. Well, he well, pressing well, charges on him, and he's get, he, he's even got connections. 
Oh, drinking at the bar is Michael Rooker in a cameo. But yeah, I thought this was bizarre because like in this scene, he's just like a random bartender at a random place where Seagal's like searching for uh, his uh, niece or whatever. And but later on, all of a sudden, this this rat faced bartender motherfucker, he's like all teamed up with the <laughs> with the villains and shit. Yeah, he's it's in there. This Seagal mustn't like people that drink in bars because <laughs> most of his movies he beats the living fuck out of people in drinking establishments. Well, that's how he looks so badass. He beats guys that are all drunk and can't fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's beat. He's slapping the shit out of everybody here. Yeah. Well, that guy goes, "You never gonna beat a man." Fucking Italian puke. I love how the subtitles it says man number five starts talking some shit. <laughs> well, if you notice, and this is bad. Now, see right there, I know that guy had a gun, but there's a lot of police brutality going on right here. Oh, so, so, <laughs> he definitely was not slow hand at this point. He was definitely fast hand the way he just whipped that pistol out of that motherfucker's hands. Uh, never be the funny. fucking man. You'll never be the man. Get over it. And then Seagal starts warming his ass up. <laughs> I, like, I love how he says, don't do me ugly. <laughs> oh, I like everybody's like, yeah, Michael Rooker's in this movie. He he didn't do anything. No, he like Seagal, there was like 12 guys in this bar, right? Seagal beat up 11 of them. The one guy he didn't beat up was Michael Rooker. And this guy, I mean, how long has this guy been partying here? I mean, look at all that shit he's got. <laughs> I know. It's okay, man. You just you just take it. You can have it. Here's another case. He didn't read nobody no Miranda rights. I know. He did, look at this. He got even smashing his face in the coke. He's beating the fuck out of this guy. Yeah, Seagal starts beating up Richard Grieco's stunt double right here. Yeah. Richard Grieco starred that amazing movie, If Looks Could Kill. Yep. That is a great movie. Gotta, I, I gotta, did that ever come out on DVD? You got it. Warner, Warner Brother Archive, yes I do. Oh, Archive. That's why I haven't seen it in the store. I got to order special then. Twenty bucks. Okay. Warner Brother Archive is very expensive. That's a hell it of a is. good movie. Only bought one film from. But here Seagal goes to pick up his black niece, who's been in here doing too many <laughs> drugs. Don't you know that? Well, actually, in this movie, he can't really do the whisper joke because he talks normal. Yeah, there's only a couple like little times where he whispers, but yeah, he talks normal. You it, put your clothes on. I'm taking it back to Grandma. Gonna get some Tuscany, get some DiGiorno pizzeria. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is in our country, uh, the greatest country in the world, uh, this film is known above the law. Everywhere else where everybody's fucking around watching YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It, like, they all call it Nico. So I guess abroad they really thought they were going to because like people didn't know who Seagal was. Obviously, this was his first film, but uh, I guess they thought they were going to sell it on his fake Sicilian heritage. <laughs> when the sad thing is, though, I don't have a problem with the name Nico, but the the foreign poster for it, like the Japanese posters and that, yeah. they're a thing of beauty. Where ours here is just you know basically black with the silhouette of like his face holding up the gun though. Look, there's the bartender. He coming in, busting up the joint. Thinking he, he's he a did, man. He did. Thinking he's a man. He did me dirty. <laughs> well, look at Seagal. Now, look at he. He's taking this girl out. Now, should this girl have been have to, to go for a ride downtown? She was clearly doing drugs in this establishment. Exactly. She's clearly high as a fucking kite. He took all that guy's dope. <clears throat> look at he's carrying it. He's stealing the evidence. I know. He stole. He stole all the drugs. All the drugs, but that's because he's got family in the mob. 
I thought this was a good story transition, how they go to that, just suddenly Seagal's wiretapping somebody illegally. <laughs> yeah, he's like a shitty... I think I've covered He's like the world's worst cop every movie. <laughs> he is. And the thing about this movie is that I have to say that it's got... And not only does it have a plot... It's got a deep government conspiracy, multi-layered plot. Oh, it's and it so all make, it makes sense though. It it does. It, like it takes a long time for it to all play out and everything, but it does. And the thing that's funny is, I swear, I think this movie has more plot, more story than the other sixty-eight Seagal movies combined. What now? But it, there's only one thing this doesn't have going for it. What's that? It doesn't have Treach. You know what it doesn't. I mean, I love. I don't know. Like, I love Pam Greer, but it, it, I mean, obviously, Treach was probably like twelve years old when they made this film. But um, I don't know. Maybe you think it would be better with Treach. Anything's better with Treach. I've got an idea. I'm on a pitch. I'm saving it for the next piece of the action we do. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the fans now. I'm making Indigo, getting it ready. Halloween six. I mean, excuse me, Halloween 9. Even I get confused. Gonna There's been so on, many. It's going to take place on Halloween. Right now, all I got is I'm Treach in this. And when he kills Michael Myers at the end, he's going to go, Trick a Treach, motherfucker. <laughs> Trick a Treach. <laughs> I know if I call Ron Goldstein or whatever, I can book him. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about this. If y'all out there need to uh, book treats for your kid's uh, birthday party or maybe you have an independent film you want to act in, hit them up on on, uh, Twitter under Trigger Treach and uh, you'll find find his manager named Ron Goldstein on there. I think it was Ron Goldstein. Wasn't it like Bernard? It's got his real name on it. it Yeah, it was like Salvador Bashema or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but here, here we go. Seagal's basically tailing some scumbags. I want to get right back to to the director Andrew Davis. He he took off The Fugitive was his big movie, and then he did a couple other movies. But unfortunately, it all came crashing down when he did the movie Chain Reaction with uh, Keanu Ooh. Reeves. That was one of Keanu's few box office bombs. Then he Not did, a very good movie. Then he did Perfect Murder, which wasn't very good with Michael Douglas. That, that was a good movie. I like that. Yeah. Then he did collateral damage with Arnold. That was shit. Yeah, it was it was, it was kind of good, but then it just didn't deliver. And then the the end, the capper on his career, he did holes with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I never saw that. Wasn't that supposed to be heralded like it's gonna be the next big teen sensation movie or something like that? Yeah, it was it gonna be like the new ET or some shit. And then by kids that dig holes. It is like I just saw the poster in IMDb. There was just a bunch of kids digging a hole and looking into it. <laughs> wow! And it started. It started Shia LaBeouf sporting a full afro. I don't hate Shia LaBeouf like everybody else. But, I do. You know, I, I think he's the world's biggest idiot. When he, I don't want to do no more transformer movies. I want to show I can act. Yeah. Well, Mark Wahlberg was like, I, I already know I can act. I'll do that transformer movie. <laughs> yeah. Give me that check, Michael Bay. <laughs> And right now, Shia LaBeouf is currently retiring and unretiring from public life on Twitter. <laughs> wow, he's also got how many plagiarism lawsuits going against him? <laughs> What's sad is he getting plagiarism lawsuits off a film he made no money on. <laughs> yeah, it's, he, you know, I don't know. I, I don't hate the guy, but he's never, I've never said, ooh, Shia LaBeouf is in this movie. Let's go see it. 
It's not good. Like, I mean, like, his earlier movies where he played more of a supporting role, they're okay. Like, you can watch them. Like, I, Robot, Constantine, because he ain't in it too much. But once you really start, like, putting the whole movie on him, like, something like Eagle Eye, oh, my God, dude, it's horrible. Never saw that. It's really bad, dude. It's basically a computer controls everything in the world, and, like, wherever he goes, the computer watches him and tells him to jump off roofs and shit. It just sits there. Hmm. So here we have Seagal setting up for the meat. Sorry, fans, I spit out a hangnail. <laughs> what were you doing, eating your nails during the no, podcast? No, I, I had a hang one. I had to bite it off. I'm wearing, for just for the podcast, because it's Seagal, I'm wearing the black silk pajamas right now, and I don't want to fuck up my manicure. I had a hangnail. There you go. Seagal's is... setting up for the big meat warehouse. I was going to say, but... In his later years, he they wouldn't. We gotta go stake out a meat warehouse. You can't do that, Stephen. You're gonna eat too much. <laughs> Come on now, you can trust me. Did you know, every beat cop has a mustache. Yeah, I know these guys look like more like used car salesmen than cops. Yeah, and he's. What? How could you not know? I mean, like when the mob here driving up, you know, for the deal. How do they not see all these meat packing guys with big ass headphones in their ears? <laughs> I mean, look, they all got them. It's not even, it's not even a good wire job. Mm-mm. Everybody's wearing everybody's wearing Beats by Seagal. <laughs> no shit. And then you got Pam Grier standing in a lab coat, like she really looks like somebody who's unloading slabs of meat and shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of these guys you can kind of fa- pass, but they got all these guys on the roof, and then the mob come in driving a station wagon. I know. <laughs> what a shitty mob. Mobsters here. This is, by the way, this is supposed to happen in Chicago, so apparently the uh, the mob in Chicago is very uh, low rent. Well, technically, though, I mean, if you watch Donnie Brasco, that's a low rent mob. He that came is. in there, they're knocking over uh, fucking what was Pacino hitting a phone or uh, yeah, pay phone. No, well, I know they're hitting the parking meters and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were a real low rent mob there. Everybody had big hair. These motherfuckers all have, uh, these gangsters, they all have the uh, 80s Italian mullet, too. Mm-hmm. And I bet Seagal didn't have no fucking authorization for any of this. Mm-mm, oh, my fir- first time we get to see Seagal run. I know. If you notice, because they kind of repeat the shot, you get to see Seagal rip off his white lab coat twice there. Yeah. And also, Seagal was the only one with the lab coat that had blood on it. I thought that was supposed <laughs> to, he would probably request it. I want to look the toughest. <laughs> That or he was chewing on a cow in the back. But you can't even make fat jokes in this one because Seagal is no, real thin in this. Yeah, he is. And and the thing too with him is is if you watch like watch an early no offense JCVD watch an early Van Damme movie he's not that good an actor. I think mm. he actually turned out to be one of the best. Actors. He's he's real good now. Yeah. Uh, you watch all these other movies and they all kind of. They're they're acting in even Brad watch a Brad Pitt movie his early movies he's not very good mm-hmm. Seagal he's fucking great in this movie yeah I, I was going to bring that up before it's kind of funny Seagal I, I don't know anybody else who uh, did their best acting in their first movie and went down yeah he, he and he I think he helped write this well it is based on his true life so I never knew he was a cop. Well, that that's the only part that... Well, he is now, but at the time, oh, yeah. he was never a cop. But the CIA shit, the dojo, all that... Oh, Seagal got hit by a car. Yep, that's right. Get off the fucking car. And, so, and Seagal's really getting, like... There's a few shots where you can tell it's a stunt guy, but for the most part there, you can see Seagal's really on top of the car. Yeah. 
It's like, not like he's improved his skill like in exit wounds when he jumps over cars. Yeah. <laughs> when he does a triple flip up into the air over the car. Yeah, that's... I wish he would have said though, like, one of my favorite lines in uh, Out for Justice, which, which some people argue. Usually the argument is what's his best film you usually hear above the law or Out for Justice. Yeah. And uh, when he, when he, because he was also supposed to be, you know, his Italian accent was full on in that one. But he went, oh, it was much more developed. When he said, who'd have ever thought I would have become a cop? <laughs> Too bad he didn't say that in this movie. <laughs> you know, it's funny here when Seagal's on top of the car, like up until this point, it looked like Seagal had fairly short hair but when he starts running or the wind gets in it like all these greasy strands come out from the side in the back <laughs> yeah he was i think he was already like in my next movie i'm gonna get a ponytail yeah and he was the innovator of that like you oh, watch yeah. all these movies with these guys that have ponytails it was after him oh yeah they're all trying to go for school i mean literally his next movie um was the uh hard to kill like he had the ponytail then I mean, he also had the Chinese or V-shaped hair, too, but... And that became kind of the trademark look. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I think I think Seagal should have wrote his hair out, though, like, instead of going for that Chinese herb shit. Like, I think he, I think he actually looks fine in this, like, I think he looks tough for not having a, you know, a V-shaped carpet on his head. Well, he, like, I think that was his real hair, though, in, like, Mark for Death and Hard to Kill, the ponytail. I think that was all real. They just covered it. They might have just put a little paint on that because it's just that one side there in the front that's kind of thin. And Yeah, then all at once he became Eddie Munster. Yeah. Either that or he was mad God made his hair fall out, and that's why he became Buddhist. Exactly. Of course, after every action scene, he has to caress Pam Greer to reassure her. Yeah, now they're looking for all the. Now they got the dope there. They got the. Or it's not dope. It's plastique. Yeah, uh, they went down to the meat packing district to deliver a uh, engine block of a car. <laughs> yeah, they had it all packed up with uh, C4 explosives. Yep. And they thought Seagal wouldn't find it because they they packed the the whatever the holes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with wax of the engine, they filled it up with wax. So Seagal, meanwhile, Seagal just dug that shit out with a screwdriver in like two seconds. Yeah, it was, it was like popping out perfectly too. <laughs> like he had done a couple of takes before. And this is where really the theme of the movie Above the Law starts coming into play. Because here we have the CIA guys, the FBI guys. They're all, you know they got the guys who Seagal busted. And, like, obviously they're just going to let these fuckers go and shit. Yeah, because they're above the law. Yeah. I've he, seen that black dude in about 100 movies. Yeah, he was uh, on Baywatch. You remember? He was the cop on Baywatch. He'd always roll up on the four-wheeler on the beach. Do you know I never... I, and I think Pam Greer is the second most beautiful woman in history. And I never watched Baywatch. I was so fucking horrible I can't get past the opening theme. You mean Pam Anderson? Pam Anderson, yes, I'm sorry. I love Pam Anderson. You know, I never, ever watched <clears throat> Baywatch at all, but it was summertime. I was like 16 years old. I had to get my I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out, so I was laying in bed for about two weeks, just miserable, have to eat ice cream and shit, and Baywatch was on every day because of syndicated, like, like, yeah, like, that's when I discovered her giant bouncing fake tits. She, she's one of the most beautiful women ever. She is a good Anna, woman. Anna Nicole Smith had her beat, though. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, Anna Nicole was hot. Anna Nicole Smith was just too white trash. Like, Peyton Anderson looked borderline porn star, but Anna Nicole Smith looked like a chick you would find eating out of the trash can. 
That's all good. Oh, and, and now and now for this generation, we've got the lovely Miss Ashley Gold. Oh, I'm not even going to address that. Would you see that that her, her young picture on Facebook the other day? Wow, wow! I, I did, and it wasn't any better than it is now. Oh, please! I emailed her and said, "Baby, I'm hung like a can of Pepsi. If you want to, <laughs> you know, meet me somewhere." <laughs> oh my God! You're gonna get in trouble with your wife over that Ashley Gold fixation. <laughs> There's Seagal. He's he doesn't even take these cop meetings seriously. He just leaned there hitting on Pam Greer. I know that's all he does is hit on Pam Greer. That's why I really think there was something cut because yeah. he's never with Sharon Stone. Never, ever. Clearly, that's, clearly that's Pam Greer's baby. <laughs> exactly. How did he switch it? How did he get <laughs> Pam Greer's baby and put it in Sharon Stone's womb and convince her that she delivered it? He's CIA. <laughs> he's CIA. When I was trying, here's, some, here's some great Seagal acting when he would arch his uh, eyebrows and raise his voice. He's like the Italian rock. Yeah, I actually like this version of Seagal, man. I, I, you know, it's like I'll take it if I can get it, whatever his current movies, because I'm a fan. But he's got a very lethargic acting style now. Yeah, I think he got lazy. Yeah, he did. Thing though is, like you, and like a lot, all the fans probably listening, we keep buying his movies. I mean, they're we not do. what they were, but mm-hmm. the you know for the hour and a half they're on, they entertain me. Yeah, and I mean, even though there are a handful of truly awful ones, it's like they'll get bad for a few, and then he'll put out one decent one, and then you'll you'll get hooked again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love Maximum Conviction with him in Austin. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, man. Is it good? It's real good. Uh, his new one just came out a couple weeks ago. I can't even think of the name of it. I haven't picked it up yet. I think Danny Trejo's in it with him. Oh man, he always works with Danny Trejo. Hey, Pam Greer wearing him one of his scarves. Yeah, no, I was going to say, maybe because they wanted her to take her seriously and stuff, but you notice this is like the only movie, like, they did everything they could to cover up Pam Greer's giant chest in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, she, this woman has layers, and la- she has jackets on top of jackets on top of <laughs> scarves. <laughs> he must have liked that when I like what they're doing. When I make a movie in the desert, I'm going to wear a trench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he did fans. He did. I can't. What the? What, what was that? Out for a kill? Oh, I don't know. Out for a kill. Wilo professor. Yeah, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, that was out for yeah, a kill. Yeah, yeah. Out, I always want to say out for uh, out of reach, but no, it's out for a kill. Out of reach is where he had the Polish pen pal girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the orphanage. Who left him messages in caviar? <laughs> yeah. Dad's a my kid, and as ridiculous as that sounds, that's what it was later. The movies. whole plot hinged on him finding a message in some caviar that some <laughs> caterers were walking around a party with about 400 people. Thank God nobody ate that caviar before Seagal deciphered the message. <laughs> now he's tailing, he's going into the church. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Corey, but I really like watching films of this era. You know, late 80s, early 90s, shot on film, you know, good quality lighting, converted to Blu-ray. I mean, this this Blu-ray really does look really good. It is. It's, it's fantastic. Because uh, I've seen some Blu-rays where it's like, you know, it's kind of, oh, man, this this, this, this don't even look different than the DVD. I'll say yeah. that. But no, this is this movie is just, it's just crispy. It just pops. Yeah, especially this, this indoor church scene looks real nice. That's a really cool looking church too. That's a nice. I'm Catholic, isn't a nice Catholic church here. Yeah, too too bad Seagal blows it up a little later in the movie. 
No, he doesn't blow it up. He just doesn't help anybody, but it blows up. He just tells his wife to get down. Fuck everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> he lets everybody else get hurt. He doesn't yell, get down. He just pushes his wife. <laughs> Some cop. I can't remember why these guys are in the church. Remember they was looking for the... Um... The the foreign priest. That's right. That's hiding down in the basement. Yeah, he's Aniko, how are you? Oh mozzarella Good. lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's like, This must be your partner in crime. Oh, I saw you at the baptism party. Like everybody knows that Seagal and Pam Guerrero are a couple. The only person yeah. who don't know it is fucking dummy ass Sharon Stone. Frank Nico, how's your wife? I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen her in two weeks. <laughs> She's just holding that sack that she thinks there's a baby in. Because <laughs> every time you see her, she's holding the fucking wrapped up blankets with the kid that don't move. Yeah, so I no. think Pam Greer took her baby back and he switched it. <laughs> and he's keeping her doped up on hair rods so she doesn't know she's carrying a doll. He gave her a, a packed in a bundle of cotton candy and a blanket and she don't know the difference. Now see, here's the one scene that made no fucking sense. When they see that broken lock yeah. and he says... What's this? And the, and the priest is like, well, I've got rats. Oh, yeah. big rat. <laughs> that, that never comes into fruition, into play. It makes no sense. It's like CIA code or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's calling these Hispanic kids rats. <laughs> hey, all you rats in the bottom of my church. <laughs> well, they keep saying they're like refugees and all this stuff, but meanwhile, they're running an entire school down there. Now, is it me or does this foreign priest look like a young Hispanic Bobby Six Killer from Renegade. Yeah, he does. And what's funny is this guy's this this foreign priest dude. He's supposed to be a priest and all this, but there's something shady about this guy. Yeah, he looks like a heroin dealer. <laughs> he really does. He looks like the kind of guy that you see hanging out at the bus stop waiting for fifteen year old girls to get off of buses. You know what he kind of looks like? Let me get one more peek at him and, and I'll verify for you fans. This this could be a crossover here. Oh, they're not going to show him again. Anyway, fans, I'm going to go by memory. There is, he looked like he belongs in that gang, the Tufts, with James Spader. Tough <laughs> he, he does. He, he kind of looks like Nick. <laughs> he he kind of looks like Nick, and like a cross between Nick and then the the smaller essay who had like the little flip up, like cap on. The one with the samurai shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie, fans. Go on over to Hillbilly DVD reviews and check out that commentary we did. Yeah, for Tough Turf. Even that priest is, look at, she's like holding the priest sign. Seagal's like, don't be touching him. You're mine. You're my partner, both in law enforcement and activities and in love. Yeah, he don't, he don't give a shit about his wife. Seagal's no. really fucking tall, too. Yeah, he's like, what, six foot four, six foot five? I wouldn't fuck with him. Pam Greer and that priest dude, too. They're clearly standing on boxes to look. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, Pam Greer is not six foot two. No. She might be wearing some stilettos. That's true. Dressed like a whore for me. Because my wife is too frumpy in this movie. I got a frumpy Sharon. I wonder what Sharon Stone's excuse was for being so frumpy. Because she, she was a young woman at this point. She didn't have no kids or nothing. And what's sad is watch a movie that came out a few years before this. Watch Action Jackson. She yeah. was beautiful in that movie. Yeah. And then somebody See, look, somebody delivered she... a case of Ben and Jerry's ice cream to her house. And... That just, that's how Seagal gets them women. 
There she is holding. Now you tell me that ain't Pam Greer's kid. That baby. <laughs> that is a dark baby. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I mean that's clearly not Sharon Stone's kid. That's not what their son would look like. Not at all. A blonde hair woman, a, a, a white man pretending to be Sicilian. Yeah, that's. See, there's the priest giving. This is one of the reasons I'm sorry, but I don't go to church that much. These Catholic priests don't know when to shut the fuck up. No, he keeps going on and on. They have 40 minute sermons. That ain't even a joke in the movies. They go forever. I remember we were at Mass once before we got married, and the priest was talking and talking. He said, Reminds me of that old saying, What would Jesus do? And I actually said, He'd probably tell you to stop talking. I I didn't even realize I said it Everybody just looked at me like I was Satan incarnate Because they wanted to hear more of that (laughs) I don't don't even know what the guy was talking about Here we come There's a shady lady in the church Dropping off a shopping bag Now now wouldn't you try to do this more undercover If you were going to do something like this And like wouldn't you like leave the thing Like Like an hour like later or something like why would you just like have it blow up right after you walk out unless she was trying to time it to where he came around maybe yeah but see here's what Seagal figures it out because he's she's dressed like a Muslim he's obviously stereotyping her yeah he is see he's looking at it's her it's just like an episode of Lawman right here now he sees the grocery bag See, now look, here's where he proves that he's a rotten cop. Get down. He doesn't yell it loud enough. He lets all those people over there get blowed up. A little altar boy got blown up, too. Yeah, he just cared about his wife and Pam Greer's kid. But the thing the thing is, is the, um, the way the movie makes it look, they make it look like the priest guy was the target, like they wanted to blow him up. Mm-hmm. But it was really that like CIA, FBI, aide to the senator guy that was sitting there. Yeah. The nerdy guy with the glasses is who they really wanted to blow up. And Maybe. like like Seagal is so shitty, he lets his mom's eyeball get blown out of her head. Yeah, he don't he don't care. Now he's just dragging dead kids out. Yep, there's I that just, guy. That's the guy they was trying to kill. Which that lady was sitting almost right by him. She could have just dropped that shit off like Wouldn't it have just been easier if she had a gun with a silencer and plugged him when they hit the organ music? Yeah, really. They could they didn't have to kill that guy in the middle of a church. See, if you notice, he's sitting there, I gotta wear white and have the blood on my shirt. Just like at the meatpacking place, he had the white coat on. Pam Greer, is my son okay? Yeah. <laughs> Was my son hurt? Pam, Pam's got about uh, 17 different hairstyles in this film, too. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Yeah, so, I mean... Sometimes she has a curly do right now. Her hair's kind of straightened out. She's another one. They could have whored her up a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, her old 70s movies, she was butt naked or had, like, low cutting tops. But, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, this this movie, you, you got a frumpy-ass Sharon Stone. Like, you know, Pam could have carried the uh, sex appeal. Instead, they just covered her in layers and layers. See, I'm, I'm used to seeing her in coffee. Now I'm looking at her in a button-down alligator shirt. Yeah, with the collar up so you can't even see her neck. They don't even want you and to see her neck. khaki pants. Oh, see her and Seagal holding hands there until they walk Yep. Up. He's... he's He's spending more time with Pam Greer than he is his black baby and his wife. How you doing, Mom? Code blue, code blue. <laughs> oh, Nico, it's okay. A portobello mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Sharon's, I don't know. Sharon, I still would fuck Sharon still. I'd probably fuck her over Pam Greer. Really? Yeah, I think I would. No way, dude. 
I, I still remember Basic Instinct. I mean, yeah, I mean, Basic Instinct, she was sexy and all that, but that doesn't even touch, like, Foxy Brown, like, fam group. Well, now, now, what's, now catch me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm pretty sure my Total Recall came out before this, right? No, the, t- Recall was, like, 90. This is, like, 88. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because she looked hot as hell in Total Recall. Yeah, she, well, I mean, that was her role, too. I guess they, I guess they frumped her up on purpose for this fucking movie. Yeah, there, Seagal was like, I don't, I, I still think there's probably stuff cut out of this film. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it's, it's like a little bit, like seven or eight minutes under two hours. You know, yeah. it being an action film, they was probably a little worried about having to be a two-hour film. But it easily, because there's so much plot going on, this easily could have been a two-hour to two-hour and five-minute film. Yeah, I mean, nowadays you got two-hour and ten-minute comedies, for God's sakes. Yep, so Anchorman 2 the other night, two hours, 17 minutes runtime, uh, about 82 minutes worth of funny material. The rest... <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like Anchorman. I didn't think the first one was funny at all. I Honestly, I haven't seen the, the, the first one all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces, but just this being a movie that they got off the ground for ten years, worked so hard, I figured, well, I'll give it a chance, and... You know, I I learned I learned my Will Ferrell lesson. You know, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna watch. I just I finally have dug out to the top of the pile that uh, the world or the end of the world or what's the name of the one with, where they're having a party at James Franco's house. Oh, this is the end. This is the end. I'm finally gonna watch it this weekend. It's actually pretty good, I think. I like James Franco. Yeah, I do too. The the Franco's good in it. Seth Rogen's good. In it. The weak link of that film. Jonah Hill. Wait, man, you got something against Jonah Hill. He, is it because he's fat? No, nah, it's just because he's been sucking lately. Like, I used to like the guy, but all his shit sucks now. 21 Jump Street, funniest movie in the last 10 years. Oh, there's no way, dude. It's, yep. not, it's not bad, but it ain't that funny. Funniest movie in the last 10 years, hands down. No way, dude. Name me a funnier movie than 21 Jump Street. The Foot Fist Way, starring Danny McBride. Don't know that one. You never seen it? Nope. Oh, you gotta see it, dude. It's about a hillbilly taekwondo instructor. <laughs> Is it on YouTube? I don't know about that, but it's on DVD. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get the D. See, that's called, here's another one. A lot of his movies, he goes and roughs up people at restaurants. Yeah. And he's profiling the, the Mexican cook. The Mexican cook knows he's holding the knife up. Yeah, he's like, I don't trust this guy. That guy's got some big-ass fucking hair. Yeah, Grico's stunt double's back. So God's going to shake him down, figuring he knows something. It's kind of funny that everybody who's involved in drugs or anything in this film that Seagal comes across, they're all tied into the main bad guys. There's Pam Greer looking like shit. I know, man. They had, they had to work hard to make Pam look frumpy. Yeah, Pam was a bit, Even if you watch like when she's older, like, uh, she looked good in uh, Jackie Brown, one of my yeah, favorite Tarantino movies, actually. Yeah. She That's the Tarantino movie nobody talks about. Yeah, no. It didn't do that good when it came out either. Then again, it opened on Christmas. That's kind of a weird movie to open yeah. on Christmas. Then again, I think Django did too, though, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Which, which honestly, that's why I was bitching. I was like, I was like, don't open Django on Christmas. It's gonna bomb. But you know, shit, shit changed. I guess, and within the ten years that between those two movies, Django was good. I still look at Django as a comedy. Because I laughed my ass off during part that movie. That had some very, very funny scenes. I mean, it's definitely tongue-in-cheek. I don't know about comedy. 
Sam Jackson stole that. I can't, I have Sam Jackson stole that movie out from everybody. Yeah, Sam Jackson was in that movie, and I don't want to ruin like what the hook to his character is if you ain't seen it. But that was one of the most evil motherfuckers you ever seen in a movie. And that, see now, look at here, no fat jokes. Seagal is look wearing uh, jeans and a tank top. I mean, he's not a muscular guy. No, but... he's skinny. I mean, he's kind of got. He's he's going shaking down people. They want to find out who bombed that church. You notice how? Yeah, I like this part of the movie. It reminds me actually of uh, Out for Justice because like he's just driving around looking for fights to get into and shit. Yeah. This is, here comes a real good scene here. Where these guys, you know, I heard you're looking for him. Essay and all that. Well, not only do the bad guys find Seagal, but they find him by driving their car backwards to find him. <laughs> yeah. And he just another great Aikido scene. That's the other thing too. This this movie is an action movie, but it's it's very heavy on plot. If you notice, we've been a long time since he's beaten up anybody. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, this is almost a drama with action in it than it is an action film. You know what I mean? Yeah, there he cut off the guy's hand. Yeah, he's got the machete. This is a weird gang, man. They come at. There's four members. One of them comes at Seagal with a machete. One's got a baseball bat. One's got a pipe. One's got a pistol. Could these guys not figure out that the best way to do Seagal in was to shoot him first? <laughs> or if you're backing up your car, just hit him. Yeah, really. Now he just drops his bat, or Seagal just drops his machete. Yeah. And he looks kind of tough with his hair like this. Yeah, Seagal. Yeah. Now here's the where all the toughness ends. Yeah, it was always running the arms. This is the full-on run, the cigar run that would become famous. If he would have been in like a long sleeve shirt or something, but it's like he wore that tank top to show up how long, how long and floppy his arms was when they run. Like this was intentional. And he runs like a girl. I'm sorry. He does, but at least he has an excuse of being a tall man. You know who really runs like a girl, and for some reason, all his films intentionally feature a running scene is Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Oh yeah. Yep. What what is that point where they show him always going to overdrive and like they just want to prove that he's like a fifty year old motherfucker that can run fast still? I mean I think, I think my family got hit he running from them gay thoughts. <laughs> Alle- they, allegedly. They should make a movie about the Boston Marathon bombing and Van Day or and uh Seagal and Tom Cruise could be two of the runners. Yeah, that'd be good. Like they have to solve the crime while they're still running the race. Yeah. As we see here, there's a great cigar line. Hey, you lying to me? I'm going to come back and kill you in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back and kill you in your own kitchen. That's a very clever line. I wonder if Seagal did some ad living in this movie. I think he did. His skills weren't quite as developed. And what I think is funny is Seagal fights this big gang. He chases them all around. He beats this guy up, chases him. And then all of a sudden, some other toughs. <laughs> Nearby. That's, that's my friend, motherfucker. Wow. Just gave him like a fucking gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing that swagger when he walks uh, now. I think all these black guys, even early on, the black guys are impressed by how black Seagal is. Oh, yeah. Not like, though, in that great movie with Treach. Herbert Justin. Now, now they, they, to be fair, they didn't say he was walking like a black man, talking like a killer. No, but they did give him his props right there. See, look at this. He's laying in bed with Sharon Stone. Mm. She's wearing a T-shirt and a bra. I can see it from her shirt. She's in bed. <laughs> he's just laying there. He's still wearing. This is the clothes he was running and fighting in. He's probably I, stinks. His hair was real greasy during that fight scene, too, like from sweat. 
getting a call from his old CIA buddy now here telling him he's got to back off. Yeah. Also, Seagal has his trademark no chemistry here with uh, his wife, Sharon Stone. Barely holding hands with her, ain't close up on like nothing. Meanwhile, he, he goes to work, be professional with his partner, Pam Greer, all over the woman. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, the chemistry so bad, he might have just been laying in bed with her in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I know, which he does in his later films. <laughs> he has sex with the trench coat one of his later films. Because this, this was around the time that Seagal was marrying women while still being married to other women. Yeah, he's the ultimate. He, they need to do Sister Wives with Steven Seagal. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been watching that shit. Maybe that's why he was like, he's like, I just don't want to be a hero cop who's faithful to my wife. I got to be banging my partner. Maybe he just, because like I said, this is autobiographical. Like, we haven't even touched into the CIA, you know, Steven Seagal past everybody. Oh, it's bullshit. Oh, no. He was never in the CIA. Yeah, he went from an absolute nobody to star in a $7 million film put out by Warner Brothers Picture. Big, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't uh... Only yeah. only time that's happened in the history of movies. But Steven Seagal ain't got no special, powerful connections whatsoever. No, yeah, no, not at all. No, no, not at all. He's. I firmly believe he was in the CIA. I do too. I and mean, the I, reason I, I believe it because if they ask him questions, he's just kind of like, eh. You know, he doesn't talk yeah. about where if it was bullshit. Well, it's like the time I went into this Nakatomi building and saved all these people because he's not really elaborating no. on the stuff. I mean, my thing, I, you know, I don't think he was really like a guy going on missions and killing people and shit, but I think they hit him up because he was, like, honestly, like, not shitting anybody. I mean, it's documented. He probably was the most powerful white man in Japan at the time. They probably wanted yeah. him to keep an eye on shit. Yeah, and, he, you know, he might have trained a lot of the guys in martial arts and stuff. Yeah. I mean, and he probably also trained in marksmanship, and he trained their dogs. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> And he appraised their swords. <laughs> he appraised their swords. Yeah, they're coming into his house. There, you know. Now, now we're getting into the, you know, trying to trump some charge. Well, they really don't have to trump charges on him. Guy never has a fucking warrant for anything he does. <laughs> there she is. There she is, holding that fucking blanket that she <laughs> thinks it gets in. Blanket that's got a roll of paper towels in it. But look at it. I mean, if it's there was just, a baby in there, it'd be it's smaller. Per- it's perfectly squared. It's perfectly square. <laughs> I, I love that that line that Seagal when they're searching his house and Sharon saying, "Don't touch our stuff." And Seagal goes, "Let him play his pussy game." Yes. <laughs> and somehow now now he's changed. He's gotten all dressed up. <laughs> well, did you notice when Se- before Seagal somebody's knocking on his bed in the middle, you know his door in the middle of the night? He gets out of bed. He has like I mean he's dressed. He's fully dressed, but he has like just like a t shirt on. He picks up his gun and goes to the door. By the time he gets to the door, has now a sweatshirt and a jacket on top yeah, of it. Yeah, he's in like a whole jogging suit. Yeah. And then, but then again, this director, I'm losing some clout on Mr. Davis because, all right, Sharon Stone, let's get her in some boxers. There's our man. Yeah, and this guy, he thinks he's the man, and he's coming in. The middle in. of the day, he comes to play regularly. I saw my customers, you know. Well, and this is like, what? This had to be a couple, like a week later. He's still in there busting balls, filling out reports. What do you see what he said on the subject? He said, he started coming in, putting my, uh, uh, put, uh, putting, doing all this outer, outer space or stuff, putting my customers into orbit. <laughs> now, is this guy here, that black guy, is that the same? That's not the same guy from Rocky, is it? Rocky Five? Mm, the one with the cigar? It's been a long time since I've seen Rocky Five. You, you, know, talk, you talking about the talk, boxing promoter guy? Yeah. 
No, no, that's a different okay. guy, yeah. I like that guy, just wake up and touch me and I'll sue. I know. Ah, put your... Like, you really don't see that a lot, but back in the day, there was always guys that be tough. They would always try to talk while chewing a cigar. Not smoking a cigar, chewing a cigar. <laughs> yeah, nothing drives me more nuts than a guy that chews a cigar. You know, you spent know. the money on it, light it, smoke it. Yeah, really. Don't grit it in your fucking teeth on that. I'm trying to figure out why he got so dressed up to go to... Why did he change yet again? I don't know. And his hair... He also recombed his hair. It's perfect now. See, he's actually... I have to say it again. His acting is not that bad in this movie. It's actually mm-hmm. quite good. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure the director worked with him. And shit. I mean, he, this is one of his best directors he's ever worked with. You know what I mean? In terms yeah. of the credits and whatnot. But, like, yeah, I mean, he's... He's acting. He listens. To, you can tell. He listens to what the other person said. He reacts. He then speaks. Like, now it's just like he's just mumbling, looking at the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got perfect body language in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a hard one to make fun of because it's really a... I mean, it's easy to make fun of him, but it's a really good movie. Yeah, and he's actually good in it, too. I mean, there's, of course, plot holes in it, like, yeah. like right here. Here's here's one thing that makes no sense. Now I'm gonna point out what makes no sense, and then we're gonna bring it back later. He's officially nice. Just, they took his gun and everything, and this this his cop buddy, one of his other crooked cops. Like you got a peace sneak on, he's gonna give him a gun. Yeah. Okay, now I'm not gonna say anything more till later, fans. Yeah, but when you... when the cop did it though, I like I was like, why do you want Seagal? He's gonna go kill some motherfuckers. Why do you want him to be using your gun to do that? Yeah, he's. And Pam Greer's got his mail. Yeah. Well, she got photos. Make sure that bitch wife is take care of my son. <laughs> Nico. <laughs> you know, it's funny, which which I got mad that his, in, um, his second film, Hard to Kill, overseas was actually called, seven, the original title was going to be Seven Years Storm, which wow. to me, that's a badass fucking title of a movie. He should make a movie now called that. Fuck, he could just do another... I don't know why he just doesn't do a sequel to some of these movies. Yeah, no, that's weird. I mean, maybe he don't have the rights or whatever, but, like, the movie studios are dumb if they don't... You know, because all these movie studios have, like, a sub-movie studio where they put out direct-to-video movies. They'd be dumb if they own the rights not to do sequels with him. Yeah, because I don't know how... Excuse me, fans. I'm not having caffeine. Hey, yeah, I didn't ask you. You You drinking your water during this show? I got a water on standby. Right now I'm drinking... Um, spring water, just regular water, and Mountain Dew, and then in reserve, I got some so clear sparkling water, lime. I got orange sparkling water I'm drinking tonight, fans. There you go. You know, if you put baking soda and peroxide in the Mountain Dew, it glows in the dark. I heard that. Somebody told me that recently, actually. I think it was, I saw it on Facebook. Or you could just drink it, and when you pee it out, it glows in the dark that way, too. That's one soda I can't drink. I like it, man. I really like the taste. And too sweet for me. And I don't, I don't drink it often. I get a case of it like about every six months. You know what I mean? If you drink it, if you drink it often, it loses its effect. If it's ice cold, I don't mind it. Oh yeah, that's about. See, I always put mine in the freezer for about half an hour before I drink. Yeah. It. See, now I don't mind it that way. When it comes out like a slushy, ooh. Mm-hmm. And fans, Seagal did get fat, and he obviously drank a lot of Mountain Dew later in his career. That's why yeah. we're discussing it. I know. He's talking to the. He's talking to a nun. Mm. Where his hair is clearly thin again. Yeah, there's there's some scenes where it's thick, and some scenes where it's thin. 
He's a very well-dressed cop. He's impeccably dressed and boyishly handsome, might I add. Did you read that on his Wicca, or on his uh, IMDb page that was written yeah. by Stephen? <laughs> Stephen Frederick Segal. Yeah. Segal. Pretty sure that's still what it says. Let's see. Speaking of hair, Pam's back to her curly dude now. You gotta wonder if they filmed all this out of order. They had to. Hey, breaking news. You're gonna hear it first. Warner Brothers has pushed Batman Superman movie back to May 6, 2016. Wow, really? I thought they was going to film it now for 2015. Probably realize it's going to suck. They probably realize they didn't want to compete with the Avengers, too. Steven Seagal is a striking and somewhat boyishly handsome-looking, often with a ponytail, and usually impeccable-dressed action star who burst onto the scene. He is an enigmatic... Uh, martial arts training, blah blah blah. He had to have written this. He had to. <laughs> Imposing looking, high octane man. <laughs> Either that or one of his sister wives wrote it. I'm telling you, I'm I'm pitching it now. Sister wives start. Now here's the world's dumbest cop. Like they're not dumbest cop, dumbest criminals. He's already out of the car, yet they're walking down the street all untouchables, gunning it down with AKs. I know. He just he just walks up behind him. I know. How did he sneak up behind him when he was in front of him? Well, what I don't get is how when he got to drop on him, man, drop your hands. Why did they all drop him? There's one, two, three, four, five of them, all with semi-automatics. He's got a fucking nine-shot Beretta. I know. What, what what I couldn't understand is when he did this, when I was watching this the other night, I was like, how come he just didn't start shooting? Because none of them knew where he was. He could have shot every single one of them motherfuckers. Yeah. And, and they all have AKs and shit. He's got a pistol. But he's going to drop the gun, motherfucker. Drop the gun. And they all drop. Like, this is the most, like, and then this fat guy steps up. You can't drop us all, badass. Boom. Seagal caps him right in the chest. That's a good, that's, that's a good scene. I like how every time you see him roughing up people, there's always people looking out the windows. Like this lady with a fucked up eye. Charles Manson right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Either Charles Manson or that uh, one guy from Sons of Anarchy, the fat guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Bobby Elvis. Yeah, Bobby Elvis. I love some Sons of Anarchy. It's a good show. One of the best shows on time. I would have so much sex with Katie Seagal. Who is, contrary to what idiots think, not related to Steven Seagal. No, they spell their names differently. Another Aikido scene is he's beating the shit out of some people in a Hindu shop. Yeah, like this Indian guy's running a grocery store. Seagal brings the guys in there so he could just beat them all up and smash all the store. And the acting of the Indian shopkeeper, uh, it's not very good, I gotta say. No, it's almost comical. Yeah, he's like grabbing his head and shit with Seagal. Seagal makes sure that when he fights these guys, he, he'll break every single little display. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't, like, start stepping on the bread and shit. I know. <laughs> this is yeah. the this is the best part here, this little guy. Bam! Fucking clothesline. And that's the way you escape somewhere. You dive out a window with him. Yeah, Seagal dies out the window to destroy all the produce that's outside. <laughs> and then the best part, Seagal runs away. He just fucking runs away. Because here's the cops coming. Oh, there goes the running. <laughs> yeah. He runs away. It's his fucking car in the middle of the street with a hundred bullet holes in it. Like, they're not going to know he was there. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess there's, man, there's plenty of witnesses. Yeah, like the old lady with a vagina eye there. Yeah, yeah mash up my store. Surprised he'll come back later and smash the other window. I know. 
That's now right. he's got, luckily, he's got relatives in the mob. Exactly. So when his police career goes sideways, he's got relatives in the mob. See, now, and here's what's weird is, and I get this, you know, you're shooing your family. There she is carrying that sack again. <laughs> it's always a blanket wrapped around something that's perfectly fucking square, like a shoebox. Yeah, I mean, it, it may, they should have got Ashley Gold for this movie. In the remake we're doing, I'm getting Ashley Gold. All right. Ashley Gold plays the Sharon Stone part. Who plays Seagal? Me. You? <laughs> and let me trust you, there's going to be chemistry in the sex scene. Now, okay, now, fans, if you remember, this cop gave me, said, you got a piece? No. Here, take my piece. He's got a whole fucking duffel bag here. Exactly. <laughs> he's got a whole arm. He's got, like, look at all that shit he's got. If I was that guy, look at him. Motherfucker, give him my gun back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, another thing, too, is Seagal just didn't want to commit a murder with his gun, so he committed murder with his buddy's gun to fuck him. Yeah, that's probably I give back my gun. You don't want it. It's been using a triple homicide. <laughs> Take this shotgun. It's sawed off and unmarked. Don't you miss that about old action movies, though, Corey? Is every action hero back in the day had a secret stash of like all these weapons? Yeah, I would tell you, it made me nostalgic in in those playful laughs and the GI Joe retaliation. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis had all the, his all his knife drawers and everything were all doubled up where he had all that weapons in there. I mean, it was good I to know. see something like that again. Nothing beats Commando though, where he had, it goes into the oh, shed yeah. and he has the steel door that opens up. I thought that was the coolest shit when I was a kid in Commando when he did that. You know, um, one of my favorite movies, the big hit. Marky Mark's his tool set in his garage when he opened it and he had all the weapons. That's pretty damn cool too. That's another one we gotta cover. This is this is so funny. Seagal gets a drop on this FBI <clears throat> CIA guy, and like out of nowhere, I don't know where he pulled us out. Seagal just starts accusing this guy of having sex with young girls. Yeah, I don't. This is too where you get. And that it never line. goes anywhere either. No, I mean it just skips. This is where you get to hear him say, "You're number two on the most wanted. I want to be number one." This is the strangest impound lot ever because it has forklifts. I know. But why are we back at the meatpacking place? It's like, are they impounding like all the contents of all the criminals' homes, like the furniture and all that shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I've I've never seen a movie where an impound lot is a big warehouse crated up. They got the Lost Ark of the Covenant back there. I was just about to say, it looked like the fucking place where Indiana Jones go. <laughs> Indiana Jones, world's worst archaeologist fans. Yep. Seagal, the worst cop. Seagal was a good archaeologist, though. He knew those seals were broken in that movie. Mm-hmm. You think... And, and, okay, so they're in a, a police impound lot now. And Seagal's obviously wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what a badass he is. By the way, the the much like the District B-13 Blu-ray, this one also has the... This, uh, what do you call it? The hard of hearing subtitles because it keeps putting in brackets every time somebody clears their throat. <laughs> <laughs> now, for some reason, he makes the guy take off his pants. Yeah. And his shoes. Because he wants to humiliate this guy so much because, you know, this guy was the FBI guy. It, 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 this is what I was talking about. It just in the wind, Seagal's fucking hair blowing everywhere. Big, greasy chunks of it coming out off his neck. Which and now Look at that. Like, Look at that. Yeah, I mean, it don't look like you could tell he was getting ready to grow it out for the ponytail. He already yeah. was thinking ahead, but yeah, now it, when it blows, it looks really strange because it's really dry and nappy. <laughs> it has like no weight to it now. 
And I get he's trying to humiliate this guy, it's but like, there's nobody around. The, be- the best part is he tells the guy to go jump in the lake, and the guy clearly doesn't. He just like jumps behind like a little rock bed or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have either. The guy he already left. Yeah, Seagal's like, I want to make you jump in this lake or I'll shoot you. Meanwhile, by the time the guy jumps in the lake, Seagal's on the freeway already. <laughs> yeah, that's... Now we got our product placement here because you got Sharp and NEC. Yeah. Panasonic was up there. All Japanese. It's weird that Seagal, basically, in order to just use the internet back in 1988, he could only do it if he went to a hell-once-a-year consumer electronics show. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know if somebody's got a computer I can borrow. <laughs> yeah, See, and, and look, at he talks to every woman, you know, pretty good in this movie, except the woman playing his wife. I know. Even this woman, you get the feeling that they have a long history of fucking. He probably was sitting there saying, put on a nightgown, bitch. Quit wearing my boxer shorts in this scene. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, because like this, because, you know, if, if you go to an electronic uh, expo, obviously one of the Korean women there is a master computer hacker. Yep, that's right. <laughs> See, I told he's rolling up his sleeves like, yeah, work those keys, baby. Yeah. And the lady's like, like, yeah, they're just going to tear all this shit apart here. Good thing you got here on the last day of the expo. You got to wonder that it's, it's NEC. You know, maybe it should have been called Nico or something. Yeah, Nico. <laughs> or maybe they could have released a video game system called Nico Vision. Well, that would be sweet, man. Yeah. I never had a ColecoVision. I didn't either. That, honestly, that was a little before my time. Um, I had the Atari, but I never had Which the Coleco. One? Uh, the original. I'm old. Tw- 2600? No, I had the one. Even, that was the second one. 2600 was? Was what? 2600 the second one? I thought it was the first one because I had the 5200, which was like the replacer of the 2600. Okay, then I would have had the 2600. I think it's the first game I had was Asteroids. The 5200... The controllers look like a phone, dude. Like, like it had the joystick, and then it had this bottom panel that had like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine buttons, oh, like a phone. No, I didn't have that one. Yeah, that's a fifty-two hundred. The graphics were good at the time, though, because we had Centipede and Joust and shit, and the graphics looked just like the actual arcade machine. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because I remember the Pac-Man on the twenty-six hundred didn't look like the arcade. But yeah, yeah, it was real wide. It started too. My buddy up the street had 2600, though. There's a game I loved, man. It was called River Raid, where you like you flew yeah. a little... Uh, I can't remember it if it was like a, a boat or airplane. It was like a, yeah, it was a boat. Yeah, that was cool, though. Yeah, I still have my Atari. Seagal, he discovers all the secrets from the internet here. And, and this is the first time we realize that there's a, a, you know, a dirty senator or a senator that the dirty guys are trying to stop here. Like this, this is like literally plot twist, plot device number eighteen just come out of nowhere. But it all comes back together. That's right. And then Pam Greer's helping him. Where is he hiding out during all this? In, in Pam Greer's bed, clearly. Well, yeah, that's now Pam Greer's got. That's where he got the idea because his trademark ponytail looks just like Pam Greer's in the next film. <laughs> that's right. He wandered on set. Pam, I like your hair like that. I'm going to steal that idea from you. Oh, Pam has a uh, pair of shorts on that goes down to her knees. Maybe that was her sexy moment of the film. Yeah, that's... uh, Clearly, this director does not know how to direct... He's got two attractive women in this movie. He got them looking like shit. I mean, here we go. I think his... 
Is this where we're going to see our next interrogation scene? <laughs> yeah, with a sodium pentothal. <laughs> What's the password? <laughs> yeah, there's nobody here that's throwing in and busting. <laughs> All right, we're going to get the information. <laughs> no. The exciting scene of these guys running from room to room, finding nobody. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, and this is, you know, for being in a shitty apartment, there's a lot of rooms in here. Oh, it's like a mansion in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where do you, and that's smart, don't duck out the door or anything, just go hide in the room and shit, like, they're not gonna kick in every door of this place. Yeah, no shit. And, there's like, these... like how they always show these guys older than they were in Vietnam, Henry Silva, you, you know, it's the older version, because they put baby powder into his hair. <laughs> Seagal, he didn't even bother to try to look older. So I'm just going to take off the scarf. Yeah, just stop spray painting my head for five minutes. <laughs> well, I guess he had the sideburns when you first saw him. So. Yeah, he did have Vietnam sideburns. Yes. They, were, they were very skinny and weird. Didn't look like sideburns from the, from the 70s. Clearly the inspiration for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, though, like you said. Yeah, X-Men Origins. Wolverine stole everything from above the law. And, and, and it's not even half the movie above the law. Is. No, no. Although it is better than the Wolverine Part Two. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because that movie's just dog shit in every <laughs> sense of the word. It is, and everybody's like, finally, the gritty tale of the Wolverine could be tell. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what fucking movie you're watching. The motherfucker ro- fought a CGI robot at the end. <laughs> now that's the kind of movie people need to be hating on on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody hating on everything on Facebook except for the Wolverine. Well, except me. Do you notice I did publicly say I watched a lot of movies and I liked them. Yeah. That's going to draw you a lot of hate on Facebook. Probably. I'm probably My friends list is probably smaller. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's less stupid to read. <laughs> Drop the dead weight. <laughs> that, that, he's getting his drugs ready. He's like, this is my favorite part of life. I'm going to inject people with sodium pentothal. And he has a custom case, like foam cut out with it for the little bottles to fit into. And yeah, he, he takes his interrogation seriously. Oh, yeah. And these mob guys are looking at him like, what the fuck is all this for? And look, they got this guy. They got him They got him IV'd and everything. He's... Yep. And, and the, the whole reason this is going on with the foreign priest was it was a foreign priest found out from that nerdy motherfucker gave him confession, the plot to kill the senator. And I thought this was funny because they're like, we're going to kill the senator if the priest hasn't told everybody anybody yet. But if the priest has told anybody that we wanted to kill the senator, then we're not going to kill the senator. Yeah, well, and the priest probably like, I didn't say anything. I'm here illegally. Meanwhile, the priest doesn't speak word of English. No. <laughs> he never talks. No, he didn't. and I bet his Italian is still better than Seagal's. Exactly. Seagal didn't really try much. He just did a couple scenes where he tried the fake. Yeah. The fake accent. It was above the laws when it became just ridiculous. You mean out for justice? Out for justice, I'm sorry. They ain't no way upstairs. But they ain't nobody upstairs. From an episode of that piece of the action that you'll be hearing soon. Yeah. <laughs> After I recut it. Let's let the cows back, fans. When I was on another show, myself, Owen Friel, Goat, Jimmy O. We uh, actually recorded a 24-hour-long podcast all about Steven Seagal. All about the man. 
And uh, I kind of came to the fruition that there ain't no motherfucker in the world gonna listen to 24 hours. <laughs> so, uh, so but, but what's funny is you couldn't figure that out until you recorded 24 hours. No, and, and I, I listened to, I think at the most, listening back, I spent 10 hours at work once listening to the first 10 hours of it. it it's really good, but um, we're going we're gonna to split it up for Break the fans. Break it up to more bite size for you guys. Yeah, put it in maybe two to three hour increments. Yeah. But it was a hell of an idea. I think two hours is good, though. I think three hours, that's just too much slow hand excitement. Yeah, that's true. I know I... I think our District B-13 show was just a little over an hour. Yeah. Here, here we, like, did you notice in this interrogation scene, Henry Silva, he, he's like the best villain because he has the veiniest forehead. Like, yeah, you gotta have a throbbing vein in your forehead if you're gonna yeah. be a villain. And the priest is clearly, this must burn because he's clearly crying. And sweating. Please, it feels like you inject me with the VD. <laughs> Mutilated their mothers, and sometimes. Speaking I, of which, you know, it's, it's real quick shooting this guy up with that. Did you hear about that motherfucker that got the lethal injection and like sat there choking and suffering for twenty five minutes yesterday? <laughs> no, what, what yeah, state was guy, this? In Ohio, they brought it back a new form of lethal injection with like a new concoction of a, uh, you know, mixture, mm-hmm. and they shot this guy. Took this guy out for twenty five minutes to die, and I guess he was in pure agony. Yeah. Well, this guy also choked the life out of a woman, raped her, and killed her. So he got what he did. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Well, yeah. Choked you for 25 minutes, motherfucker. You know, Ohio is which I'm originally from. Like, they're always looking to cut costs in Ohio. They ain't got no account. They're killing every economy they can down there. So when it comes down to killing motherfuckers, they probably just shot them up with drain cleaner and shit. <laughs> probably. Maybe if they would have got Harry Silva's sodium pentothal. There you go. So there they're coming in. He's laying waste to everybody again. I know. There's a scene a lot like this in uh, Better Tomorrow 2 with Chow Yun-Fat, almost to the point that I wonder if like that movie used some stock footage from this. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, we're going to have to cover that on, on some show. All the John Woo movies, the first like four, or not first four, but the first the, the Chow Yun-Fat one, the Better yeah. Tomorrow 1 and 2, Hard Boiled and Killer are fantastic. They're classics. Yeah, they are. Here's where Pam Greer's coming up. Pam came up all frumpy, too. Like, when she got out of the car, she was, like, hobbling and waddling. Yeah. And then here's the dramatic, because, you know, it's the slow-mo where she gets shot. Yeah. But the only thing that was wasted, he didn't yell, no. Because you have <laughs> yeah, to get a good no. slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, here's a stunt person with a big blocky pad on their back. <laughs> He's, he's just like, he's making his escape. We've got to have the rooftop chase here. I know, it just leaves Pam Greer to fucking die there. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah, no. He jumps on a train. I mean, she, all she did was take some buckshot into the chest. Yeah, and I think, well, she, it was revealed she was wearing a vest, so. Yeah. You never got why these guys try to escape on moving trains. They don't move very fast. No, this thing's going easy. I was, I was going to give Seagal credit for doing his own stunts of jumping onto a moving train. Right? I mean, he was hauling ass. He wasn't yeah. pussyfooting. But then again, it was moving at three miles an hour. So Now he's just slowly walking here. Yeah. Well, everybody screams because he's a guy with a gun. 
Because there's not many places you can go to hide on a train. No, what's he gonna? It'd be fun if you just sat down in the seat and pretended like he, he was just like, like a newspaper. Yeah. Up over his head. <laughs> now you, the one you don't fuck with on a train is the Stafe, because yeah. the people he he went on the, in the movie Safe, he went and smashed everybody on that train. Yep. Same with Atkins and Ninja. Mm-hmm. He got some train action going. That was a great train scene. By the way, Atkins is in a theatrically released film right now. Everybody giving a shit. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. I don't care if it's the worst movie ever. Atkins is on the big screen. I want to go see The Legend of Hercules. Fuck the world. There you go. Uh, have you watched Ninja 2 yet? No, it's on Netflix stream. It's on I'll, Netflix. Get on that. I, I want to rewatch them because uh, I, I made the mistake. I learned my lesson. I learned the error of my ways. Because when I first watched Ninja, it was on YouTube, and I couldn't see shit. It was so blurry and shitty, so I purchased the Blu-ray, and I have, I have and to watch the Blu-ray. How far were you into that movie when you purchased the Blu-ray? About 47 minutes. There you go. <laughs> like, I had no idea how it ended. Like, the second half of the movie could have sucked, and I would have... <laughs> I was like, I was yeah, literally that's... watching the movie as I was purchasing the Blu-ray. Yeah, I can't watch that shit on YouTube. Oh, it sucks. I know there's a lot of people recommend that... Don't even devote one shelf of your house to having Blu-rays or DVDs, because you can always watch everything on YouTube. But I can't do it, man. It's too nope. shitty. I can't. That's. But you and I are film collectors. So, That's true. You know, by collect, I don't mean a bunch of shit in a fucking sleeve in a book somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I have fucking. I have fucking nice old cases that I keep my shit in. Yeah. If you come to my house, my collection, I got a bunch of Manila envelopes over there. The one that says A, it's the movies that start with A. I got over 4,700 DVDs. They're all bootlegs, and I don't, I can't find anything. It's all mismatched. They're on spindles. I just had to pick out a random film to watch on a Saturday night. I don't know what I want to see. There's the gall now. He's at his uncle's house, I think, in the mob. Yeah. But And it's been revealed Pam Greer had on a vest, so she's yeah. okay. Yeah, his his mob uncle is telling that he didn't even know. To this point, he's just like, "Oh well, my lover Pam Greer's dead. Who cares?" Yeah, you know, he didn't say how's the wife and everything. Yes. Just, how's Pam Greer? Now, how come the cops are looking for him? Ain't bothering to go to any of his relatives' houses. Yeah, no shit. Are they that afraid of his mob uncle? That's a nice ass house. Yeah, it is. It actually is. Oh, they got the photographs right there. Yep, <laughs> Sharon Stone holding the black baby. No, Seagal's got him now. Yeah. No, but it, I'm saying in the photograph. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I think she was just holding the sack. Holding <laughs> the sack to the end of the baby. She's probably uh, trying. She's trying to kill the kid. Every time you can't see its head, she wraps up in the blanket. She's trying to smother it. Seagal always wants to go off on his tangents. They're talking, Nico. What are we going to do? We're so fucked. You're going to come after. It's going to kill us. Seagal, you ever notice how babies smell? <laughs> <laughs> And then the fucking the mom starts rubbing her head and they all walk away. If I was like, oh, why do you even bother becoming a cop when his mob uncle was doing so good? Yeah, no shit. Maybe he was a dirty, well, he is a dirty cop. Never mind. Yeah. He's illegal wiretapping. He's using other cops as pistols for homicides. Yeah. I, mean, he... I mean, I mean, granted, he does. he's not dirty. He's never taken a bribe. He can't be bought. No one is above the law to him. But at the same time, he will not use... One method within the law to actually yeah, <laughs> enforce just, it. 
He does nothing by the book. Even look at he let all innocent people die in church because he was worried about saving this. Well, I guess that's good though. I would jump on my wife, you know, to save her. Oh, yeah. I would at least yell, "Everybody get down! Yeah. Everybody get upstairs!" <laughs> but there ain't nobody upstairs. <laughs> Greatest line in movie history. I think I think they got to do a sequel of Alfred Justice and give them two partners, not only Treach. But they got to team up with Sticky Fingers from Onyx. Maybe they could be fighting DMX. Yep, that's some more DMX upstairs. <laughs> you mean to tell me DMX is upstairs? Then Tom Arnold could go, how you know you bust in a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> now, Aaron, tell me how dumb this is. He's sitting there with his fucking binoculars and this old man gets to drop on him. I know. I know you would be here. This is the worst possible lookout spot ever. I know. I Who saw you on the street. Who puts on a suit to go do a stakeout? Wouldn't you be wearing all black like a ninja? Well, this is the 80s, man. They had to be stylish. That's why he's impeccably dressed. <laughs> and boyishly handsome. Skull's got Skull could even fit in this like area, this balcony, whatever it is. He's all hunkered down. Yeah, he's a tall dude. Yeah, he is. This is yeah. old buddy Nelson who recruited him in the CIA at a birthday party when he was twenty two. What the hell kind of birthday party and baseball games was this motherfucker going to? <laughs> uh I'm gonna break out the sparkling water now. I'm on can number three actually. Oh shit, yeah, I finished my Mountain Dew. I need a little caffeine for my nine-hour workday at boredom. Yeah, my work has been... I've been training people at work. That's the worst. I like the guy I'm training, but unfortunately, I'm one of them suckers. I need to next week up the level and make sure he's trained right and have him do all my work for me. <laughs> there you go. Well, the best is in order to train, you have to be sanctimonious and pretend like you do your job correctly. Yeah, I and to the most part I do, but yeah, I can't tell them. Now, if you play your cards right, you got two hours in the morning. You can watch a movie here. And <laughs> I can be like, well, there's always something to do. There's always a spreadsheet you can be working on. Yeah. I'm going to be right back. I got to go to a meeting, go hide in the bathroom and watch television. Exactly. <laughs> Although I only worked four days this week, had some family problems that you know i had to take monday off and i'm actually yeah. off work this monday too there you go here we got seagal he's just talking to his friend there yeah he's breaking down all the cia schemes about how henry silva is using coke money to buy off the bankers to buy this is like seagal's preachy exposition scene about how evil the cia is and why seriously though like, this is not streamlining the plot. This is kind of clunky. This is more information than we need. Like, why did, like, you know, Seagal want to say this shit in the movie? Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, because he clearly wasn't in the CIA. He's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. He. I mean, that, that's just bullshit. Yeah, completely. Look at that impeccably dressed, boyishly handsome man. Yeah. Before he did Above the Law, he auditioned uh, for hundreds of movies, never got a role. Then wound up starring in uh, a major motion picture. That's how the industry works. So all you people out there that want to be movie stars, just get on a bus and go to L.A. right now. Yeah, and, and it'll work for you. He just got his uh, valet ticket there from Johnny from the Karate Kid. Times are hard on that guy. Yeah, I know. 
Now this is it, you don't notice in action movies bad things always happen not only in abandoned warehouses but in parking garages in the middle of the night. Exactly, which is funny because the parking garage is wide open; you can see people coming from a mile away, but yet somehow people always get snuck up on. <laughs> yeah, you know these things have cameras. Yeah, really. This here is a very bizarre scene. By the way, Seagal's still preaching about CIA. Yeah, but he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. He's he's laying it on the line for his viewers. I mean, within the context of the story of this movie, the guy he's talking to knows all this. This is the guy recruiting the CIA. But Seagal wanted to reiterate this this information about the CIA to the audience. I don't know why. Really. Yeah, just... I'm trying to figure out why the guy didn't go, Nico, I know all this. Yeah, Nico. Now, here's what I don't get. Who do you see in the front seat? How's this motherfucker? I told you he's never going to be the man. How is he hanging out? The bartender. How is he with the CIA? I know. When he was a random bartender of a random bar that Seagal, like, wandered into. I mean, that's the thing that puzzles me. Who does this bartender know? Who's he serving in that crack hole joint? The only thing I can think of... Is obviously all the drugs that was upstairs. That was all part of the CIA's operation. So he must have been hooked into the CIA from the get go. Well, in the credits, we'll see he's listed as CIA bartender. Is he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, I guess he is the CIA bartender. Then. But I just was like, how is this bartender? Seagal and this bartender got, I think, beef from way back. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's not a CIA agent undercover as a bartender. He's a bartender that the CIA recruited to be a bartender. <laughs> That's probably it. We're making this movie sound so shitty, like so incoherent, but it's really not. It's really an awesome movie. No, it, it makes sense. It's just you. It, this is actually an action movie that you have to watch. Yeah, you just can't like jerk around and drink you can't beer. Like, look at the magazines and reading yeah. and all that. Here we this get. Is a, this is a pretty awesome action scene here. Yeah, it is. This is the kind of movie that on Facebook you're not allowed to talk about because everybody likes it. Yeah, you got to talk about the movies. But you know what I really like about this is Seagal hasn't adopted like his cool action character. Like he's literally running for his life here, and like yeah. he, he's fighting like how you would. You know what I mean? Here he gets Here's Johnny the... from the Karate Kid. This part makes no sense. Now he's he's well, I shouldn't say make no sense. It's just stupid. Now. He's driving out of the parking garage. Well, he hijacks a car so he can go drive to his car. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get that. <laughs> I guess he needed reliable wheels. Well, and the other thing I don't get is it's going to happen right here, right here. Now he's going to hit this motherfucker. Oh yeah, he runs this motherfucker over. But now, now look at this. Rather than stop and spin around. <laughs> He just drives straight out the parking. Hey, Graham, they're on like the sixth floor. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I could say, now hit your brake right now, and, and the guy will probably over. fall off. And then you can run him over some more. Yeah. But, what you know, I like is this guy's hanging on the back of a speeding car, and he's pulling his shoes off to throw him at Seagal. <laughs> but now, here's, here's Seagal, and, 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 and the guy gets fried on a train track. Yeah, there was a real bad quick shot of the dummy like getting thrown off, but then it cut to yeah. a real guy falling. They could have trimmed that dummy shot, because that was actually an awesome stunt that 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 guy did, you know, whoever fell off there. Why would you drive the car out of a window? You could keep going with it. <laughs> yeah, really, you could have just drove out of the parking lot. Because he wanted to drive and get his car, so his car could get filled with 100 bullet holes. 
and, and didn't he just get the car fixed? I mean, it was all riddled down yeah. a few days ago. I, didn't I know. He, he, like when he takes it back to Mako, that poor motherfucker. <laughs> I just filled a hundred bullet holes. Now you want me to fill a hundred more? Now he's just driving on his rims. Yeah, that was fucking. The car he drove like out the window, like wasn't even. They still had good tires on it. He could have got a wish. Well, this thing, if you notice, he doesn't even have tires anymore. No. He just straight got red. They shot it so hard, they blew the rubber clean off. I know. There's sparks going everywhere. But that looks cool, though. Yeah, it does. And, That's why they and did no, it. no police anywhere in town here. By the way, this is... A lot of these areas here is where they shot for uh, the Dark Knight to double as Gotham, so... Yeah, and it, you know, this is a pretty shady place looking, you know. It looks yeah. good. Yeah. I see here he's yeah like in the newer movies he would have just laid waste to all these guys here he's actually you know getting taken into custody getting put in the van anytime you put in a van in a movie too especially that has no windows that never ends well and you know like a lot of people honestly may criticize this for this movie but I actually think it's great is you know it's not a real formulaic action movie like we talked about the plot is so heavy in it and everything but like like they capture Seagal here that's not normally what would happen and then like when they get him and then like he busts free and kills him like it's over fairly quick you know what I mean like they really keep you on your toes with this film it's not just like you know like it's not like the action keeps building to like a big climax it's more realistic you know what I mean what but except for this part here all right I got you but I can't kill you yet I gotta open my custom case and give you the sodium pentothal this is what the uh, the eighth time the guy's done it in the movie. <laughs> See, I told you, you're never gonna be the man. Yeah, I'm getting hungry though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get why. I don't see. That's the only thing. I mean, but this is you know a thing in every movie. Why don't they ever just kill the damn guy? Because <laughs> they got piano wire around his throat here. <laughs> yeah. Did they stop at a music store to get that piano wire? Yeah, I don't know. And, and you know, all he needs to do is put on uh, Henry Silva. All he needs to do is put on some black leather gloves. I know. See, yep. Oh, never mind. He heard me. <laughs> that bartender getting off on this shit. The bartender was so sure that he was right that the, that Seagal would never be the man. Yeah, now they got because you know when you get hit with leather gloves, it hurts more and makes you bleed. Instead of punching, he just like bitch slaps him with a closed fist. This is one of the first movies to, or one of the few movies actually that Seagal actually does bleed. Yeah, he gets fucked up kind of good right here. From what I have no idea, because Henry Silva's backhand fucking punch there wouldn't do oh, shit. He's, a, he's tougher than Mister Hand in there and Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Those must be those are coal miner gloves. He got them loaded. Skull, skull's like screaming and grunting just because he got a little needle stuck into his arm. Yeah. They've been grunts. taking this ass beating of a lifetime for an hour and they put a needle into him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this sodium pentothal kind of backfired here because it somehow gets him enraged. Yeah, like everybody else, they just like get out of it, start passing out. Seagal gets super strength, and he and he just starts insulting the guy more and more. 
eggs because just now they fully eggs now yeah they just let him up he's good because his eyes are all rolling back in the back of his head is it just me or does Henry Silva kind of remind you of Skeletor from Masters of the Universe a little bit and and, and in certain scenes a demonic Chevy Chase <laughs> yeah I can see that big time <laughs> yeah, he's clearly he's fucked up here if Jack, I'll tell you who else he looks like Jack Palance yes thank you oh Seagal busts loose Starts flipping everybody over. These guys can't even get to their guns. The girl's taking out of their hands. Oh, shot the rat bartender. Yep. Here nice comes Henry Silva. Here comes Silva with his knife. Seagal grabs his arm and watch this mannequin. Watch his mannequin arm get popped. Watch your mannequin <laughs> arm, dummy arm. Oh. <laughs> this was foreshadowing Mark for Death, where he cracked a black uh, Jamaican mannequin in half. That's the only thing, though. You know, th- this was a very quick. That was the final fight in this movie. Yeah, it that's what about, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like twenty seconds long. It was like a burst of, but you know, it would have been fake if like they would have been done some big ten minute, like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Drunken Master Two's forty minute ending and shit. Exactly. But yeah, Henry Pounce, I think officially is the love child of Jack Palance. <laughs> yeah. Chevy Chase and Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. I didn't know, though, if somebody gets doped up with sodium pentothal, you can give him some smell and salts to wake him up. And Well, not only to wake him up, but it totally wears off at that point. Yeah, that's... And like, that's it, if his face is all busted up, let him pass out from the pain. What? How did he, uh, what do you call it? Oh, did you notice his one cop buddy and Pam Gear both got shot in the arm? They're both wearing slings. But I know. how how did he end up clearing his name? He killed everybody that could have corroborated <laughs> his story. I know. Well, not only that, they just figured, well, this man murdered some people in the basement of a hotel where this senator was speaking. <laughs> so clearly, it all makes sense. Well, I guess Pam Greer probably probably told what told him what happened. Well, yeah, because Pam Greer and the rest of the cops were busting at the same time, so clearly, you know, outside word had gotten around to what was going on. And he's sure still wearing a Hanes shirt. I know, looking so frumpy. It just don't get... Even Pam Greer looks real frumpy in this scene here. I know. Th- this is Pam's, uh, like, tenth hairstyle of the film right here. Sharon Stone holding her sack. I know. Her sack of baby. Yeah. It's a sack of potatoes or something. I don't know. I don't get it. And so, in like trademark Seagal style, even in the first film, he has to end the uh, film kind of with a lecture. Yeah. This one didn't suck the life out of the room, though, like on Deadly Ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a 16 minute monologue about the dangers of toxic dumping. And I think that supposedly that was cut from like 25 minutes or some shit like that. Yeah. He's probably mad. Why did you cut? That was going to win me the Oscar. And here he's telling everybody about what happened, you know, with the CIA. <laughs> Got a nice dramatic voiceover. Which, which which I don't even know really, like, why they would want to hear his life story like that. I mean, because it was all about the, the attempt on the senator. Those were from CIA guys. Seagal hadn't been in the CIA at this point in 15 years. Yeah. I mean, you think they would have found out about those operations somewhere else? Nice to get your nice little voiceover work here. Here's the Capitol yeah. Building. Who can manipulate the press? You're always going to have our government, have those within our government that think they're above the law, and thus the end. Yeah, and they got to end with the with the shot of the government buildings and shit. 
you know, and now we're Chi Chi was that. played by Miguel Nino. Did you know Miguel Nino played Chi Chi? I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm waiting for C- FBI. CIA bartender. C- bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, Bomb Woman was played by Nadia Rigres, Rodriguez Terracina. <laughs> Men in the bar, there's Michael Rooker. Yep, Michael Rooker. Yeah, Interpre- don't recognize him. Interpreter was played by Lee Tuan. Oh, Machete Man and Machete Man's buddy. <laughs> Street Dude was played by Zade Ferd. Yeah, this is this is a hell of a good movie. Uh, it, it's it's worth the money. It's worth the twenty twenty. What'd you pay for your Blu-ray? Twenty five. No, I I got it from uh, the the price is flux rate. They jumped the price up to like eleven bucks after I ordered it. But I got it off eBay directly from Warner Brothers for six eighty two. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, and I also you have got two of them technically. Yeah, technically, because they sent me damaged one. I said I went off on those motherfuckers. <laughs> they sent me a brand new one. Well, I saw that thing you had. That thing was smashed up. Fucking. Oh, hell. it was literally piece. I sent them the pictures too. I was like, look at this fucking shit. At first, I thought you were joking with me. No, no, dude. I was fucking pissed. Because I was so excited when it got in the mail. Because I also ordered Out for Justice from them. And uh, that came, you know, pristine. And then I don't know what Warner Brothers' problem was. They weren't selling it hard, hard, they weren't selling, um, hard to kill. So I had to buy it from a third party for 15 That was the one I had to pay a lot for. It's a good movie, though. That's well, where he robs that guy's house. Yeah. Well, I, the way I, the way I looked at it though is like I paid seven for the other two, so I just averaged it out. I, I bought three Seagal Blu-rays for thirty bucks, basically. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, like you that, can't go wrong. No, and they all look good. And these are the classics too. These are the first three films. You know what I mean? So my favorite is still Marked for Death. Yeah, I, I actually had that one before this one. I got that one. I got that one. Believe it or not, Johnny, I got that one on a sale from Fries dot com for three ninety nine. For the Blu-ray? Yep, free shipping. Man, that's nice. I know. This was in Technicolor, made 1988 by Warner Brothers. Dolby Stereo and Selected Theaters. If you weren't in the Selected Theaters, there was just a guy in the back of this, like the auditorium, reading the script out loud. <laughs> you know, I didn't see this in the theater. This, I actually saw this after Hard to Kill. You know, same here. My, my first one was uh, Hard to Kill. I don't know if maybe this one just had... Um, uh, spotty. It was Warner Brothers, but I guess they didn't do a big push on it because I never remembered it. Like I actually saw this one after um, Out for Justice. I like I rented the tape. I saw yeah. saw Hard to Kill Out for Justice. I was like, oh, I gotta see Above the Law now. Good movie. Yeah, w- when I was a kid, because I saw the other ones, I was used to the dumb Seagal films. So as a kid, I didn't appreciate this one as much. Now, obviously, as a grown man. I actually appreciate how much story and shit they put into it. Yeah, I remember when I saw it because it was like, yeah, like you, you know, second or third that I saw it, it was kind of like, well, he doesn't have the ponytail. He's not yeah. beating up people every 30 seconds. Yeah. He runs like but, a girl. Yeah, and as you get older, it's like, wow, this is actually really a good film. I know. So, yeah, that's, that's it for the film. I mean, not much else to say. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the commentary, that means you've seen the film. You know the qual- the highest quality of filmmaking that was on display here with Slow Hand Seagal's first effort. And until then, we'll see you next week. At the movies. <laughs> Trigger treat, you motherfucker. Trigger treat.